this is not a job. If this was a job, then I would not be in it. This is a career. This is a, a way for us to influence people to be better stewards of this planet that we live on. Oh my gosh, what, a, what an honor. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast brought to you by CCB Technology. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this is the podcast where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. Join me as I work to figure this leadership thing out on purpose. This week's guest is Beth Heidorn, Executive Director of the Racine Zoo, and she has a glowing personality. But I promise that's not the only thing you're going to get out of this interview. What you're going to walk away with is some tangible, practical application type things that have to do with how she rebranded and relaunched the image of the Racine Zoo and the impact that's had on not just people like me that live here, but beyond the local community. So before I give it all away, here it is, my interview with Beth Heidorn. All right, so I'm so excited to have you here, Beth. Um, I mentioned before I hit record that I told my kids who I was going to be sitting down with, had them guess, and uh, Roman was the first one to pipe up when I said, I'll give you one hint. She works at the zoo, and right away he was like, Beth? I said, yeah. Well, he was a little disappointed that I wasn't going to the zoo, but that you were coming here because that's way more exciting. But before I give away your whole intro, uh, if you wouldn't mind getting us going with a little background on you and what you do. Yeah, sure. First of all, I love your kids, so you say hello you. from Beth. Uh, I will. When you see them, and make sure that he still has his wonderful... Oh, he still um, got the snake. The big snake. Okay, oh, he's perfect. Still, it's in his room. Okay, he still perfect, has it. He perfect. Still has it. Well, I look forward to seeing him once we get to high season. So, um, well, I've been in this business um, since 1982, and the way to get into zoos and aquariums is to intern. It is kind of just the natural thing you have to do. And unfortunately, our business, they are free internships. So I started off as, a, as an unpaid intern at a couple of different places, both Como Zoo, which was a state uh, city zoo within Minnesota, as well as um, the Minnesota Zoo, which is a state zoo okay. in Minnesota. And um, I never left Minnesota after I did my unpaid internship, but then I got hired, or I volunteered, then I got hired, and then I was there for almost 15 years. So what I loved about that place is that I grew up there. That is that is how I got, you know, that zoo was five years old, mm-hmm. and the, the world was at our feet. We could do basically whatever we needed to do to, to make the that zoo sustainable. So I really was very blessed, and I've been blessed in my career. And after Minnesota, I went out to Southern California, and I stayed for almost 17 years and had a variety of different jobs at, um, helped open an aquarium in Long Beach, which is just south of LA. Wow. I was their seventh employee. So I uh, talk about, I had a dirt hole in the ground and one wall up, and it was, here's what you have to do, and um, you've got a blank slate to do everything about education you want to do. I'm like, uh, okay. So that was awesome. A lot, a lot of work. Um, went from there to LA Zoo, uh, worked for a place called Dolphin Quest, which had interactive dolphin places around the, the world, and then went to San Diego Zoo Global and worked up at the Safari Park, which was amazing, uh, went to Miami, and now I'm back here in the Midwest to the Racine Zoo. So, okay. So you've been <laughs> all, I didn't know probably half of that. I mean, I know you pretty well, uh-huh. but I didn't know probably half of that. And so now my natural next question would be, uh, so we have had a zoo pass for a long time, mm-hmm. the Racine Zoo. So how in the world did you go from all those different places, building up all that stuff to 
here with Racine's. Well, that's a really great question. A lot of people ask me that. One of the driving factors actually was my dad. He okay. was um, aging and okay. was like, hey, when are you going to move back to, to the Midwest? And I'm like, you realize I've lived in <laughs> warm weather and I can wear flip-flops every day. Yep. Um, since 97 and it was really hard but you know what I'm a daddy's girl and so I was like you know what I, I I'm ready to leave Miami so I looked around and this was the closest zoo that actually happened to have a job opening so I applied it took several several months uh, to get through everything and the interviews and, and driving up here and so I was fortunate to pass you know beat everyone else that wanted this job and I was six hour drive from here to my dad's front door and um, I was around for three years before he passed so it was really really great um, that was the driving factor but yet I love this zoo and it is I don't think people realize how amazing this zoo is with the animals and the location the community support that other some of my peers don't necessarily have sure yeah, so uh, getting into a couple more specifics about the zoo, I love what you've done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away, <laughs> and I want to learn, actually, some other things that I haven't actually been a part of. So help the folks listening and myself have a little bit fuller picture mm-hmm. of all the events that you put on that's outside the typical admission to the zoo. Okay, um, so one of the things, that, what, I, what I really like about this zoo is that we are AZA accredited. We are as accredited as the Bronx Zoo. Um, San Diego, um, Shedd Aquarium, you know, there's only 230, I think there's 234 right now accredited locations across the country, even though there are 5,000 places that have animals. So we are the gold standard. We fall under the gold standard of that. So there's only 234 accredited zoos and aquariums in, in under um, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. So it's a high prestige that this zoo happens to have. So my goal when I first came here was to, let's tell people about this. We are our own best advocates, but we're also our own worst enemy. We're like, we do conservation education. We are taking care of the species. We're here for sustainability of the earth, but yet we don't tell anybody about it. So not that I have a big mouth, although probably do. Um, our goal was to let people know how cool this zoo is. Because if I'm going to move from wonderful locations to back to the Midwest to say I'm at the Racine Zoo, and when I first started, people were like, oh, Racine Zoo. And I'm like, what do you mean Racine Zoo? We're the Racine Zoo, for sure. God's sake. Well, you're smaller than Milwaukee. You're right, we are. But we are 28 acres of small and mighty group. Um, so I kind of look at... Um, like the little train that could. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and what I found fascinating is people were going, oh, I used to go to the zoo all the time. And my response was, well, why don't you come to the zoo anymore? Well, I don't have any kids. Well, you know what? I wasn't blessed with kids, although I am the best auntie on the planet. Oh, yeah. My kids um, can attest to it. And, right. And I'm auntie <laughs> to lots of kids. Um, but my goal was to say, you know, there's a lot of good reasons to come to the zoo, even if you don't have children. We are a great place, whether you have kids, whether you're a senior citizen who just needs a safe pathway to walk around. So it can be everything and in, in, in all in between. So my goal was to bring people back to the zoo, to love it again, even though you can't skate on the pond. Sure, um, yeah. Insurance and everything else won't, won't let us, but um, just they had wonderful memories. And I would listen to these stories and I'd be like, oh gosh, I wish I would have been here back then. But you know what? I'm here now. So let's get you to love this zoo again. And 
Slowly but surely, we created events that were not just kid-oriented to get them back to come into the fold. And of course, Animal Crackers, that's been going on for 32 years. So that's already an established event. So to get new people to come to, say, an Animal Crackers or the car show, which is over 20 years old, we've got some long-standing events. But we are in Wisconsin, so let's just say it. People like to have some cocktails here. Yeah. So by yeah. and by creating World Wine Wednesday and Roar and Pour, which are just easy um, Wednesday night um, um, happy hour, and then it's from six to eight, and you can go home and and still have a full night ahead of you. It was a way to just get people to come back into the zoo at that adult level that are like wow, I haven't been here for a long time, and you're going to let me feed a giraffe today? Yes, we are, because we want you to love this zoo again. And what I love about those events is, first of all, they're personable, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've got a following. So about half the people that come to our events are now, they come to everything. And the other half are brand new that then come to start to come to everything. And so they become a member, they start to become a donor for us. Um, they, they find other ways, whether it's an in-kind gift of um, having a basket for a raffle that I need for zoo debut. So the connections have been incredible. And it's, it's, it's like a grassroots, they're helping drive our decisions because they're loving us again. Mm-hmm. And I could not be happier. So then I, I can attest again to that because my, uh, I think our zoo pass initially started as it might even still be a Christmas present from my mother-in-law mm-hmm. as a way for us to get back into the zoo and that. Because I remember when the zoo was free. Mm-hmm. And so you not only had to overcome a hurdle of um, getting to know people in the community mm-hmm. and getting acclimated to the community and that, but also what used to be mm-hmm. the good old days yeah. or whatever people were saying and, and, the, and the free. So And now you pay. Right. So if you could speak to that and how mm-hmm. events and, and how you actually took the what you inherited and mm-hmm. rebranded it and, and launched that okay. uh, that would be helpful yeah yeah so one of the first things that I did when we when we started at the zoo was to really focus on customer service because if they don't come to me and I don't take care of them there are zoos and aquariums not too far from us so within a two-hour drive they can hit some really great places so we needed to get back to taking care of the guests and making sure that they're not just a customer but they're our guest we're welcoming them into our little world, mm-hmm. which is a city. We are a little city at the zoo. We have painters and we have librarians and we have bookkeepers and we have educators and we have store clerks. You know, we, we're a mini city. So we are asking people to come to our little city and greet them as a guest and take care of them as a guest. I, I wasn't very happy with how we had been taking care of people in the past. And as you know, in the business, it's customer service, yep. and you've got to take care of those people. That's true. So we started with our membership base because they were a member, but we really didn't do anything for them. We did something for them once a year at Member Appreciation Night. And um, when I my first Member Appreciation Night, there was, I don't know, 350 people there. Last year, we had 1,500 people. Holy because smokes. we are giving a value to the membership. It's not just a, well, you're a member. We want to take care of our members. You are the base of why we exist and we want to do something for you because you've got little kids we want to do something for the grandparents because they want to bring their grandkids we want to do something for those single adults that just want to meet people because they're new to the area and how can we do that but we need to be that um, that venue that people see as wow that is just a really great place so by starting with our members and 
increasing member appreciation night to something people want to go to. You're not really waiting in line for a lot of food. We've worked out with our partners, so it's like a food court. So your kids could have pizza, but yet you could have a pulled pork sandwich yeah. as opposed to everybody having the same thing. And I, I don't like it. lines. I don't like yeah, lines. We, we so we try it. to yeah. move people through. And activities and crafts that the kids can take take with them. This year we've got we've got a really great band coming and and we've got our fun activities happening and presentations by the animals and our keepers and the whole staff's now getting involved. It's not just a you know we open the doors and someone's cooking. It's it's a holistic look at our membership base. So we added member Mondays. So that's another our way. We've got prices for all of our events. There's a member price. There's a value to being a member. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that it, once we took care of that base, because that's our base, then we, at the same time, we were taking care of our donors. There were reports that hadn't been written on, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of grant money um, or we got some grant money. Now we're getting a lot of grant money. So our goal is to make sure that they, they see a value in why they gave us money. And we do reports and we make sure that we advertise their uh, contributions to the, our success in the way that's going to work for them. And um, if you ask my bookkeeper, she will tell you we had lost some people in, in, my, in prior to my arrival and they're coming back. And that's a testament to not just my hard work but the staff's hard work because it takes a village. We are small but mighty, and it takes people like our partners, like you guys. Uh, CCB is is a wonderful partner to the zoo, um, and we could not be more happy. Um, we work with you folks all the time. Sometimes it's just a brainstorm, and how can you help us be better? And and you give us that information. We're like, oh my God, we never thought of that. And now all of a sudden, that catapults us to a different direction, and it just makes the non-sexy things about the infrastructure sure. better. Sure. And sure. then that makes us be able to do our jobs better. So um, helping, you know, taking care of all those people that take care of us, whether it's our members or our donors or our funders, um, people see that we're now the place to participate because we thank everybody. My, I've always been, um, I was raised by my wonderful parents who you thank everybody. Whether, you know, I used to thank people to come into work at, at some of my old jobs. I do that today, too. I say, well, thanks for coming in today. They said, but that's my job. I said, but thank you for coming in and doing your job today and being wonderful at it. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Because yeah. we want people to think this is not a job. If this was a job, then I would not be in it. This is a career. This is a choice. This is a, a way for us to influence people to be better stewards of this planet that we live on, oh my gosh, what a what an honor. And if we look at our job as being an honor for not only the animals that are in our care, but the people that come into our space, you could not ask for a better place and a better job. Well, then people feel, I, I again, I'm re-fired up about what the zoo stands for because of your passion for it. And I feel, yes, on paper, we're paying for a membership, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm part of what the zoo is hoping to accomplish and what you're hoping to accomplish. So when I've attended, um, and thank you, by the way, for getting me there, but the the, uh, Whiskey and Whiskers Mm -hmm. event last Mm -hmm. year. And um, when I'm there, I'm hearing people at my table say, well, we used to have a membership at whatever place. Mm -hmm. I heard about this place, and I never left. (laughs) But then on top of that, I didn't realize how much work behind the scenes you had to do 
um, whether it's untangling knots or reestablishing relationships with donors. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the membership side, so I get to see people, and it's great networking events when I get to go there and hang Mm -hmm. out with my kids and decorate cookies and whatever else. (laughs) But the donor side. Mm -hmm. So you were dealing with a lot. And I think the number that you threw out just a little bit ago was 300-something members that were there the first member night? For my first member night, yeah, in 15. Mm -hmm. And then there was how many this last... 1500 okay so so five times ish mm-hmm. I mean I'm not that great at math but that seems pretty straightforward <laughs> how did that happen without you burning out um, I think it, it's it twofold one because um, our we're trying to take care of our guests mm-hmm. and I've got the whole staff on board so not only are we focus on our customer service everyone has gone through customer service training which um, I teach, I meet, I go to every event, I, for lack of a better phrase, work the crowd. I say hello to people, I help, I, they see me driving a cart and I'm toting boxes, and I think people appreciate the fact that I support the fact that they're coming to my event, and I'm thanking them, mm-hmm. because without the guests coming to our events, we would not be as successful as we are. And I've just learned, you, you be nice to people. It's like the be nice clause. Um, you say hello, you say thank you, you say how can I help you? And you do that every day, all the time. And it's just become, it's second nature to me because my parents were that way and I don't know any different and I would be remiss if I wasn't that way. Um, and I think by just taking care of our guests and making it welcoming, we're a welcome place, we're safe. We want to make sure that people enjoy everything that they that they do when they come to the zoo. So for me to maybe not get a lot of sleep during high season, it's my pleasure to to be sleep deprived um, because we're taking care of guests that then come and go, wow, I didn't know all the wonderful things you have here from our endangered species that we have to the high profile of our events. You know, we've created things for families. We've created beer events because we want to get that crowd, whiskers and whiskey because it's a fun event. Mm-hmm. You get to do what you've got great. We work with great caterers around here. Yes, you're going to have some some cocktails, but you're going to learn something too. So yeah. it's that edutainment type of feel that doesn't seem like you're learning anything, but yet you are. Mm-hmm. You've had a great time socializing, and then you walk away going, wow, that was a great event. And you know what? You're going to go back home. You're going to look at the drop-down menu and go, well, now I've got to go to another event because that was just too cool for school. Mm-hmm. And um, we have those types of events that people now want to come to. We sell out of everything. Um, and not just, when I first started, it was like three days before, and I'd be like, there's five people coming to my event. I'm, I'm so sad. I'm used to selling out. It would sell out, and then people would come. And now I'm selling out two weeks in advance. And now that's great. So I, I sure. love that turnaround. But I think it's because we take care of our guests. I mean, we put you guys first. Well, animals first. Then you guys second. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> animals first, you guys second. Sure. And my sleep is third. Um, <laughs> and um, but, but we care about everybody and we care about this zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a gem that, again, I don't think people realize. I think people are appreciative. Wow, we've got a zoo. But in a, in a town this size... Um, where we've got zoos north to us, zoos south to us, and zoos west of us. We still, we increased, when I started, there was about 85,000 people that came on an annual basis. We're at over 125,000 now. Wow. And that's in a, again, 
less than a four-year time frame. So I, but we're everywhere. We, I don't say no to anything. I know it's, it's tough, but we figure out how to get the right staff and we've built the right team at that zoo that is incredibly committed to the animals and the success of this place, all in different ways, whether it's our education person caring about the success of education with the youth and adults and family groups around, to our animal care specialists that um, with our most recent hand rearing of Bella, our Emperor Tamron, who lost her mother at age at day five, um, which is people are now calling our zoo because they, another zoo, may be um, experiencing the same thing. We're now that expert because that wasn't done before. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, for as much as we are normal, we're also on the cutting edge of some things um, in the zoo and aquarium world. And uh, we could not be more appreciative of the opportunity to be able to do this great work. So you have spoken several times about your parents, mm-hmm. about... Um, being good stewards of the earth, and you have said, without saying it explicitly, the, the why mm-hmm. behind all of the stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. And I personally think that that comes through every time I show up at the zoo. Yeah, we're excited to see the fusa or the orangutan or whatever, but when we can catch a glimpse of your blonde hair in the distance <laughs> on a radio, um, I get excited my wife gets excited because you are welcoming and it comes from the top down mm-hmm. so your staff has been fantastic with us because you're open all year yep um, we would go on a if we have a, a warm day when it's you know 38 degrees or something uh, we'd walk through and maybe you're not available or we don't see you but your staff has always been fantastic everybody's smiling and waving um, so you coming back to it when you said about your your parents um, are they who you would say had the biggest impact on how you lead now? And whether it's them or someone else, could you speak to that on how you developed into the leader that you are now? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. My dad, uh, I've lost both my parents now, but I, I channel them uh, daily. Mm-hmm. So my dad was a minister. So I have a little bit of that in a pulpit kind of uh, mentality. Sure. Um, Preach. Preach. You got to <laughs> preach. Um, and then my mom was one of those that um, kind of was that silent person who did, she was so personable and everyone loved her and she would just naturally, people would gravitate towards her. So I think I get that part of my personality from my mom and the drive from my dad. Now, if you look at my desk, which is actually clean right now, the messiness of my dad's desk, he goes, well, I know what's in my piles. So I kind of have that side of him sure. too. But they always used to tell me, you know, you grew up in a zoo, so you might as well work in one. And I always laughed. And then now I am. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really kind of, you know, one of those prophetic things sure, that yeah. I wasn't really thinking about. But yet I love it. I love my job. I am not a nine to five kind of person. I I applaud all those people that, that can do that, but that's not me um, because that's not what a minister is or what my mom did. Everything was, you know, you work when you work and you make sure it gets done. So I, what my dad would always tell me is someone has to do it. So why not you? So why not you? And I think, you're right, why not me? I, I'm very capable of doing those things. And my mom then taught me, well, if someone is, you know, raises a, you know, you think you're sitting in those things. We need someone to volunteer to do this. We need someone to do this. Can someone bake five dozen cookies for tomorrow? My hand would go up because she said someone's got to do it too. So I'd raise my hand 
And they'd say, great, Beth, thanks very much. And I'd go home going, well, now how am I going to pull that off? So it wasn't ever about that I knew how to necessarily do everything. It was about that someone needs to do it, so I'm going to raise my hand and do it. I will figure it out later, which I would always do. Um, it may be uh, keep me up at night, but I would always figure out how to do it. And I think that has driven me my whole life. I've never, it's not that I go for, that I always thought I should be a director. I should always do that. I just did my, I tried to do my job really well, 110% every day I was at work. Mm-hmm. And it showed, and I would get promotions Um about the time I would start to go, oh, well, this job is now second second nature to me. I do like a challenge. And I would get a promotion. I'd get more staff. I'd get a different department. And then all of a sudden, a new challenge came in. And um, and I told you earlier, I started off as an unpaid intern in this business, which yep. is kind of what you do. After I got hired, I was probably like 24. And my boss at that time got demoted, and I got promoted into his job. So... And I was this 24-year-old, you know, go-getter that was not going to take no for an answer. And not no for an answer by being, you know, mean about it. But there's no reason anyone should say no to trying to save the planet. So let's figure out how to get all those people to be on board, whether it's volunteering their time, whether it's financial support, um, whether it's just a prayer going up to, you know, for my sanity. It didn't matter. It was just how can everybody help rally around the good of the earth? We're all you know, we're on this earth for a short time. Let's not screw it up. And so that's kind of what drove me. And then I had a very influential boss who told me, when you um, have people come into your office, because you will all the time, and it is, whether it's it's my staff or uh, guests or somebody who just wants to vent, put your pencil down, look away from your computer and look at them in the face and have a conversation because you know right then and there they need you or they wouldn't have come in your office so you can do your work at night if you have to but they need you now and I have taken that to the I learned that in probably 87 and I live by that mantra you walk in my office I put my pen down and I look at you how can I help you today and it's it's not like you know you can't look at at anyone's request to you as a burden because they need you. They're they're your teammates. So if you look at them as your team, you got to help your teammate out because you're a team. You want to win. Right. Um, right. So that's just a different way to look at it. And I always do that, even when I'm on the phone, because they can hear whether you're on your trying to type a, the quick sentence to the email after you answer the phone or that you're not engaged. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to be engaged with your staff, which then makes you a better leader because if you will um, never do anything that you wouldn't ask them to do and they see that you're taking the time to support them, then they're going to be more on your team. So I have learned that that is really where I need to be. And if I have to help them you know, sweep up animal poop, then that is what I'm going to do because that is going to now allow them to be better. And my job is to give them the, the tools to succeed, whatever that is. Each person I have has a different tool that they need from me. So multitask and figure out how to give them the tools. You can always do your emails at night. Well, I can't wait to uh, to read your book. Whenever that comes oh. out, <laughs> I'm well, doing what you need to do and sweeping up animal poop. Yeah, everyone always said you should write a, a journal. And I'm like, yeah, I probably should have started that. <laughs> 
Well, I'll just record it and have somebody else write it. There we go. And then do an audio book. Have a ghost writer. Yeah, Yeah, you know what. Uh, So a couple more questions Mm -hmm. uh, as we start to to wind down. I don't want to miss anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, First, this is an unfair question, I'm sure, but what would be your favorite animal? Or if there are categories of favorite animals that... I don't know if that's too... Is that like asking a movie director, what's your favorite movie? It I don't probably even... is a little okay. bit, but um, I... And I, I always appreciate that when Roman asks me those uh-huh. questions. And if you... I, I have to think about it because I really don't have a lot of favorites because um, I just have the pleasure of, of you know directing people that take care of a variety of different animals. But I also had the pleasure of... Um, uh, having a muskox. People go, what's a muskox? It's an animal from the tundra, and it's from Minnesota Zoo. That's where I kind of fell in love with that animal. And not necessarily the adults, because they look big and shaggy, but the babies. And um, so look it up. Look up muskox. It's just, it's a weird animal to like, but I've kind of always liked it. I don't know why. Sure. Um, but I've worked at zoos and aquariums, so I love, I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't love all wildlife. Right. Um, so I'm going to have to go on the fence of saying I love everything. I love all my all children. all my animals are, the, <laughs> yeah. Someone said that is your circus and those are your monkeys. Yes, yes, they are. Um, and so I, I love everything that we're able sure. to have. And our, the contributions that I think this zoo makes to um, uh, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums um, might not be completely recognized by a lot of people, but they are recognized by our peers, and that really makes us feel good. The fact we were able to hand rear uh, baby Tamron, and she is now back with her family. I mean, we still do supplemental feedings, but she's back with her family because we need her to be a Tamron. Mm-hmm. We don't need her to be, you know, somebody that that sees us as a Tamron. We sure. need them to, yeah. to be with their family. Is a, a huge testament to the excellent animal care our animals get, and we have some of the oldest animals. Of, of the species around the country. It's like we're, uh, they don't want to leave. I mean, yeah. we know there's a circle of life, and sometime we're not going to be fortunate to have some of these animals there. But um, right now we are, and they're amazing, and they are living longer than they would ever live um, out in the wild. And, and human care sometimes is a way our animals are not going to go extinct. So, you know, we, we'll take that as a, as a privilege. So, What events are coming up that people should know about? I know there's a lot, but... It, yeah, we started off with probably six events, um, and now we probably do 60. Yeah, <laughs> um, so what's really coming up is um, on April 20th, the day before Easter, is Extravaganza. And so that is, we've got already over 11 businesses that are helping us. So what I what I also, when we if we go back just a smidge on some of the questions, we've got businesses that now see us as someone they want to partner with. Yeah. Yeah. And although we're a nonprofit ourselves, they come and help us out. And there we've got 11 booths that are going to also hand out candy for okay. Easter. And yeah. that number keeps growing, which is awesome. We will have cluck cluck doors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. kids yep. can go around and, and gather candy. And there's going to be um, egg decorating this year. We're going to have an egg dig. Um, and then, of course, you know, cookie decorating and, and, just uh, we've got a DJ coming, so we're okay. going to have lively music. Um, so that to us is a really fun. And we talk about the numbers. When I first started, that was probably about 400 people, and now we're at 3,000 people. Oh my goodness! So um, yeah, so that's amazing. How do businesses get uh, in, involved? Yeah, like, if you go be... on to our the zoo's website at racinezoo.org, there's you know how you can if you go to events, um, there's something called business booths. 
and there you can participate in a variety of different events that we have at the zoo. It also helps businesses get an audience that is friendly to them. And yeah. sometimes we have travel agents, we have uh, insurance folks, we have um, a variety of different things that people just want their business to get out there, or they're a nonprofit themselves and they just want exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that, or restaurants that we partner with and that type of stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to have the zoo help you with your business because you're going to help us with our events. So it's really, it's really has been a win-win. Um, and those things are just blowing up. And then, of course, we've got Animal Crackers, um, which we're coming into a 33rd season, I think. We've got amazing artists. Um, we had a great sale on them last year because we knew um, one of the artists, um, Nick Colleone. He's the last one that year. Um, and the car show. I mean, check our website out. I wish I could say everything about sure. everything, yeah. but those are the big ones coming up. And um, summer camp, and we just launched a new scout program. And so there's everything for all ages from, you know, the littlest babies to the oldest adults and everything in between. So please check us out and come come see us at the zoo and ask for Beth. I'm the only Beth there. <laughs> and they'll, they'll, track, uh, they'll track Beth down and she will be smiling when you see I her. Promise, well. I yeah. promise. I uh, promise. Even if there is chaos going on in That's the background. That's correct. You, won't you will know never by, know. You won't know about Never it. let them see a sweat. One of, her, one of her phrases that she said to me many times is, you know this, it doesn't rain on my parade. It doesn't rain on my parade. And even if it does, I've got a tip. i got a tip. <laughs> I love you, Steve. That's so awesome. Uh, so... <laughs> As we, as we wrap up, um, mm-hmm. what's not on your notes there is something that, that I wrote down, and I don't know how many people say this to you, but I am so grateful that you are in our community. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. The zoo has been in Racine for how long? Well, we are 96 years old this month. So 96 years old mm-hmm. this month, and your work and influence at the zoo has spilled into our community and has reframed how portions of our city are, are viewed mm-hmm. and oh, thank you people are seeking you out for advice and uh, maybe it's the timing with me having kids now and rediscovering the zoo and what these what does you mean but we have we look forward to the time as a family because it's it's low um, low commitment but then also it's low key so mm-hmm. if you come in when I come in with my four kids and they're seven and under so it can be chaos <laughs> If somebody, if we get in there and somebody's losing their mind, we can leave. Because as a member, I can come back as much as I want. That's right. But your influence has helped make our city brighter. And I mean that. I I really do mean that. And so thank you so much for taking time. I know that you could have picked 300 other things to be doing this morning. Nothing is better and more important than me being here with you. And you just made my heart melt. Oh, (laughs) oh, that's so sweet. Well, I meant it. So thank Thank you for being here, Beth. Thank you. Well, I told you that you were going to love Beth and that this was going to be an exciting interview. So I'm going to boil this down into two things once again. So takeaway and action item. So first of all, the takeaway. To quote something Beth said after we were done recording, ego has to be checked at the door if you're going to pull off something great. Action item. Think about who you serve or you work with, you sell to, who you partner with, and ask yourself if you're taking care of them. Like Beth's story about the donors, don't lose touch with the people that are right in front of you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to engage with us. If you've got a question, story, suggestion, please don't hesitate to email us at impactpodcast at ccbtechnology.com. 
on behalf of everybody here at CCB. Thanks for listening.